This is the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. I'm going to zap her again. Charge up the paddles. Come on, let's go, let's go. Sorry, Doctor. Hold the compressions. Clear. Straight line. Good evening and welcome to Rock and Roll Autopsy. We are the forensic files on your radio dial. My name is Scott. And my name is Rico. And have we got a show for you tonight? Tonight we are going to... Fuck it, man. You know, fuck this bullshit about firing the intern and all that goddamn shit. Why don't we just accept the fact that people might want to call us? Might want to call the request line and interrupt the beginning of the show every damn time. All right, let's see who it is. All right, East of the Rockies, you're on WRNRA. Wow, this is three weeks in a row. We got the breather. This guy is calling in. This guy used to call Elvira back in the day, and I get it, man. I'd want to call Elvira and be a pervert, too, but us? But damn, we're not Elvira. Dude, your legs are smoking, though. Hey, thanks, man. And you have a nice rack, too, by the way, I must say. Breather, is there a song? Uh, Whoop, well, I stepped sorry. on the breather. Hold, Wait, on. hold on, hold on, say that again. All right, um, so did you call to request a song for us to perform an autopsy on? I said. Oh. Got it. All right, hang up on this, dude. Yeah, see you later, man. Dude, he wants us to do Clutch. Clutch, baby. Prophets of Doom. Yeah. But first, the news. The news. What is this garbage you're watching? I want to watch the news. This is the news. All right, July 10th, 1976. The Starland Vocal Band's Afternoon Delight hits number one in America, where it stays for two weeks. The song is not about the U.S. Bicentennial, July 4th, 1976, <laughs> but about daytime lovemaking. I love this song, man. What's, what's your stance on this song? I do mean, you love it as much as I do? I mean, I don't know that I love it. I but like to cheese out a little more than you do, though, I think. I like the idea of some daytime lovemaking. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Sky <laughs> rockets in flight. You know what daytime? You know what I define daytime lovemaking as at middle age, hmm. just when I escape for a minute to the bathroom and, and like <laughs> hurry up and rub one out. Yeah, rub one. Out. <laughs> it's daytime In enough time love- that people think that you're taking a shit. Yeah, you got to disguise the quick jerk off session as a dump. Yeah. So you got to have a general idea of how long it typically is the family expects you to be dropping a deuce. <laughs> So you're like a typical typical daytime deuce visit could run anywhere from a quick five you know, ten minutes five minutes to on the on the long side if you really were having issues because of something you ate you know could maybe go I mean could you be in there for fifteen minutes if you really had problems I mean I suppose if you were having some trouble 
I so, mean, are, are during this time, if it's a daytime rub session, are you singing? <laughs> are you singing this in your head during, during the whole time? Would that make it go better if that if you did that? No, I've got to have the pennies catalog with the bra <laughs> section open. <laughs> That's the best, man. <laughs> All right, what else is in the news? All right, week? so July fifteenth, two thousand seven, Prince gives away free copies of his latest album, Planet Earth, with the UK newspaper Mail on Sunday. The unconventional distribu- uh, distribution rankles record retailers. Ooh, they're help- rankled. They're rankled, damn it! Um, but it actually helps him promote his run of twenty-one shows at the O2 Arena in London, which sells out. So that does that mean 21 sellouts? 21 sellouts in a row. Wow, in and London. Because he gave away albums. Wow. Wow, that, I mean... So that just puts the whole Napster thing to shame, right? Just give the music away and you'll sell some tickets. I mean, that kind of um, is counterintuitive to everything. I didn't realize he was that big in, in London. Uh, me either, man. I had no clue to sell out. That's amazing. Isn't the O2 is where Zeppelin had their reunion that they did? Um, That's right. Yeah. The, I think, uh, what did Celebration Day come? That live album, I think, came out of that. How much well, would you pay? That's really cool, How man. much would you pay for a Prince ticket? How much would I pay for yeah. a Prince How much now? Would, yeah. To see what? His... It just, I mean, if he was still alive, just touring, oh, you know, like he was doing his third eye stuff. And not to pay to see him dead. Not to, not dead. Like, or you can go, you know, Leonard Skinner and try and rip steal his coffin and maybe see him that way if you wanted <laughs> no, to. But. All right. How much would I pay? Like, I, it, like if he was alive doing his third eye stuff, how much would you pay to go see him in concert? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to paint myself as some giant Prince fan. Um, I mean, I know what everyone else knows of his catalog. Yeah. So, but I would say, but too, I also recognize how important he is. Would you so pay a hundred bucks? Yes. It depends. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I, I mean, I guess now that he's gone, it's like, yeah, I mean, man, I should pay a hundred dollars yeah, to go see him. Now right? it's it, right. I, but I, I guess think I, if he was still around, I'd be like, fuck no, I ain't paying a hundred. Right. I mean, Prince. it's really easy now to say, oh, sure, I pay 500 bucks to see Prince because he's dead. Right. And you only really appreciate somebody after they're dead. Right. So, anyway. All right. July 16th, 1990. Trial begins for Judas Priest after they are accused of implanting subliminal messages in their song, Better By You, Better Than Me. The suit alleges that the messages caused two teenage boys to enter a suicide pact. One of the boys killed himself instantly. The other died three years later from complications related to the suicide attempt. The case is dismissed August 24th after the judge determines that the supposed subliminal message is just an accidental recording oddity. How much do you know about this? Zero. But I know that you know about this. Yeah, I mean, well, for one thing, Better By You, Better Than Me is a great song off of my favorite Judas Priest album, Stained Class. If you're not familiar with Stained Class, listen up. Dear listener and young folks, the uninitiated, go pull up Stained Class on Spotify and give it a few spins and absorb it. And it is a killer, killer Judas Priest record. But not killer in the sense that it's killing their fans with subliminal messages. So, um, so what uh, what are they talking about? Do you, do you know what they're referring to? 
Oh yeah, so there was a there was a court. I mean, you get it from the news snippet. There was yeah. a court case in the eighties. Um, these two young kids that were teenagers at the time um, were, I think, they were doing acid, and they were convinced that the song they heard subliminal messages in it. They had a but the yeah, acid explains it. Yeah, and they had a, a an entrepreneurial attorney who was willing to go with this and say yes. And they played the the tapes backwards in court, and and he, he was claiming that you could hear it say, "Do it, do it, do it." In the case, you know, in the backwards more backwards bullshit messaging. Right? Yeah, Jesus Christ, and man. there's actually a really good like documentary that I saw on this, and I want to say I saw it on YouTube that was free, so maybe it's still out there, folks. But the, the young man who survived the shooting really messed himself up. His face was really, really deformed yeah. after the fact. And his and so he had the last few years of his life were really, really tough. And yeah. it's a sad story. Um, and it messed with the Judas Priest guys quite a bit, um, you know, obviously because... Nobody wants to be associated with this kind of thing. And it happened during the 80s whenever we had the whole satanic panic surrounding heavy metal. And there was all this fervor about Satanism and rock and destroying and youthful minds. And this certainly didn't help that out at all. Oh, not at all. Played right into it. Yeah. right? And so it's a fascinating case. And uh, if you go on YouTube, maybe try to dig up that documentary if it's still on there. It's really an exceptional view. But more importantly, man, stay in class. Check it out. Listen to it. It's a great record. Certainly. What else is in the news, sir? So on July 16th, 1983, 20 of the songs in the U.S. Top 40 are by British acts. Uh, Hold on, quick math. Uh, That's half, right? That's half. Holy cow. Half of the songs in the Top 40 are by British acts, the most since 1965, and the police are number one with Every Breath You Take, followed by Eddie Grant's Electric Avenue, and that's why I mentioned this. What's your stance on Eddie Grant and Electric Avenue? It's a cool track. I fucking love that song. Yeah, it's a great track from back in the day. Dude, Electric Avenue rocks the fucking world. And if anybody has never heard of that, please go out of your way to listen to that song. It's so fucking cool, man. So one thing that strikes me and I wonder, the most since 1965, would that be the British Invasion? I would say, yeah. Yeah. The Who, the Stones, the Beatles. So they're all owning the charts at that point, right? Yeah. And Clapton and Clapton is an eight British dude. And the police are number one with every breath you take, man. Take with yourself that crazy back to crazy ass chord that you need like four foot long fingers to hit, right? Take that take yourself back to eighty three. How big was that? Yeah, get in the way back machine. How big was that song, man? You know huge. What I'm it was about. gigantic. It was huge. The black and white video. Yeah. Oh my god. <clears> that record was huge. And it's about a stalker. How about that? Yep, but he gets played at weddings and shit. I know. People have no idea. Oh, can't you see? Have you ever stalked a woman, Rico? Creepily? Yes. Can I tell tell a story? Have you, like, parked the car across from her house and, like, watched her silhouette in the drapes as she undressed to get in the shower? All right, so here's the story. Did you ever, like, sit outside her job, her work? No, I wasn't that bad. So I dated. Did you ever like? <laughs> did you ever like follow her down a street and then she tosses like a paper cup into the trap? You race over and pick it up and, <laughs> s- and sniff it. No, no, but I did. I I was I was drunk one night. This is so stupid. I don't. I was I was in college, so I was probably twenty yeah. twenty one. I was yeah. I was drunk and I was dating this girl. And it was a bad breakup. Like, yeah. she basically told me to F off. Yeah, they're all bad. Back I wasn't then. really capable of having a relationship yep. when I was in college. Yep. Um, 
though it was like two in the morning and I probably was done drinking with you guys for all that I know. And and I went in front of her house like to see if she was awake or whatever. Yeah. And somebody figured out that I did that. And so no. I took off and somebody got in a car and started chasing me. No so, way. And this was in Kaga Falls, right? This was like 80,000 years ago, and I've learned my lesson since then. Yeah. But I'm driving. I hear your pen I, clicking. Like, it's like two. Th- yeah, pen clicking. So yeah, you're nervous, so your pen's so clicking. It's like two. It, it's after two in the morning. I'm drunk, and I'm fleeing from something. Yeah, in the falls, which is like you're going to get popped in the falls. F- fleeing somebody who figured out that I was parked in front of their house. Yeah. Stalking gosh. the girl that I used to date, right? Yeah, not good. So I'm, I'm hauling ass. Through Cogger Falls, precisely in Talmadge, driving in the Talmadge. Oh, worst spot. Right. In the Talmadge, I'm going down Talmadge Avenue towards the circle, and I'm like, cool. My my house is only like a block and a half away. I'm golden, and I'm hauling ass. And they were following me all the way into Talmadge, too, and I didn't want to look back. And so I'm hauling ass down, down West Avenue. And all of a sudden, woo! No. I get pulled over like a block and a half from my house. No way. And and sure enough, want gives me the drunk test. And I was drunk. I was like drunk, drunk, right? Yeah. And I was barely old enough. To, I don't even know if I was old enough to drink. But then you know. slipped the officer a $5 bill so he let you off. I, I well, here's the thing. So he he gives me the drunk test, right? Yeah. He he knows he knows how close I am to my house. Yeah. Because you know he read it off of my driver's license. Oh yeah. He ran my plates or whatever. You almost made it home. So gets done giving me the drunk test. I think I did pretty good. I I felt like I did okay. So he 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 does one of these with his finger, like the old man finger. Oh. He puts his finger like one millimeter from my face, and he says, "You're drunk." And I'm, and he says, but I'm going to follow you to your house. And if you swerve one time, your ass is going to jail. No. And so I'm like, yes, sir. So I got in my car and I, and I didn't take one breath and I didn't blink the entire way back yeah. to my house. And his ass was about one inch from my back Damn. bumper the entire way back to my house. Damn. I made it. I made it though. That was, and then after that, I'm like, never again. Gosh, is this confessional night on Rock and Roll wow, Autopsy? Awful, I, I'll tell you, man, you <laughs> might have had the same cop I did because I got popped on New Year's Eve, and it was like Ooh, 5 a.m. So it would have been, so it would have been New Year's Day. Ooh, bad. Because man. it was like 5 a.m. And they're looking to hammer. And I had been out. Years. I'd been out all night, mm-hmm. and he pulled me over on Route Eight, made me do all the tests. Ugh. But he stuck that crooked finger in oh, my face. Oh, yeah, I hate the crooked finger, And he man. told me, he said, he said, you got an attitude. And I don't, he, he, because he gave me, he yelled at me. He said, <laughs> oh, and I got half a mind to pop you right now, but I've been writing <laughs> tickets all night and I'm sick of it. Oh, so I'm going to let you go. He fucking let me go, man. No way. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that I think about that shit now after, like, we've seen so much, um, so I think now, and I wasn't aware of it then, but now I realize that if I was a black kid, I'd probably be dead. With as much trouble as I got in with like 
run-ins with cops and being... I was let fucking go, man. I was let you know? go three times. That's, that was only the one one of three. Yeah, I've got a few other incidents that I won't broadcast on the on the podcast right now. But and yeah, I, I I've did, been let go I, on more than one occasion no by shit. officers. And like, that's talk about some privilege that I didn't realize I had. Exactly. But I got that same crooked finger put right in Ooh, my face, That man. crooked finger's It might have been the same officer. Oof. Did he have a mustache, your guy? Um, He was a Talmadge cop. Okay, yeah, this was false. False cop. No, yeah. my guy was a Talmadge cop. Ah, right. Terrible. Terrible. Oof, I get the chills just we thinking are, about see, it. We are, but we live in that rock and roll lifestyle. That's man. right, baby. Yeah, Debauchery. We're, we're not fucking like Neil Diamond and the broad from Jefferson Starship just getting a slap on the Jesus, wrist. Jesus, no. <laughs> I point, Actually, we did. We I point off. a loaded gun at somebody and my shit's going to the can <laughs> for a long time, okay? That's a fact. All right. We'll be right back. Rico. Yeah, man, what's up? We need reviews. What is that? What does that mean? Well, it's like... What does that mean to us? Well, people who listen to our podcast, it would be swell um, if they would go to Apple Podcasts and write a review or go to Spotify and give us a star rating, something between one and five. It helps us. How do we know how bad we really are if people don't tell us? We need the feedback, and the algorithm loves it, and that algorithm is hungry. It needs it needs fed bad. You know what else needs fed bad? Your ego needs fed bad on this. Yeah, I that's need... why we really want the reviews. Let's face it, right? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I need... Listen, I get zero positive feedback in my life. People around me despise me, so I'm counting on total strangers to say nice things. Yeah, we, I guess the point is is to make your ego like completely non-manageable so that I want to stop doing this podcast. And people might be motivated to do that if they dislike the podcast. Right. If they want to see in like an intercompany battle between creative differences and how I can't stand how giant your ego is, all all we need is for those people to start giving us reviews and feedback. And that'll happen, guys. You'll you'll get some really good social media entertainment here. It would be a backwards way for them to kill a podcast they hate by saying good things about it. So that my ego would rage out of control. Exactly. And you would storm off in a huff. I think we all want that, right? I know I do. So please do us a favor and give us some feedback. This is coming to Cleveland and the walls are vibrating. Cosby, gata, 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 gata,
We are gathered here to remember rock and roll. Rock was born the rambunctious son of country western and blues. In the year of our Lord, 1955, on this day, the birth of rock and roll, gifted under the world a gyrating pelvis, a throbbing beat, and a pulsating rhythm, a sound so infectious and rollicking that it would endow previously scrupulous young minds with identity, individualism, and purpose, thus setting forth a multi-generational pursuit of all that is loud, debaucherous, and unholy. But, sadly, like all earthly endeavors, rock too must perish. Oh, we mourn the loss of rock and roll, with its ridiculously old standard bearers still on tour and charging ungodly amounts of mad jack to witness their long past the sell-by date asses on stage and with its chauvinism, misogyny, and whiteness no longer aligning with modern sensibilities, and with its aging, fist-shaking fan base kicking every would-be rocker off their proverbial lawn, rock has indeed passed into the celestial void. May rock rest in peace in eternal cacophonous slumber. Amen. Thank you for that, Scott. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. The Autopsy Report. All right. We've got Clutch. We've got Prophets of Doom off of the album Blast Tyrant Atlas of the Invisible World with illustrations of strange beasts and phantoms. That's more than I ever call it. I just call it Blast Tyrant. Blast Tyrant. Released March 23rd, 2004. Recorded 2003. About 54 minutes long off a of DRT Weathermaker label and producer is Machine and Clutch. Nice. All right, kiddos, we're having fun here tonight. It's Rock and Roll Autopsy. We are going to do an autopsy on Clutch. It's Prophets of Doom. Guess what, gang? To get this autopsy done, we've got a scientific method. We've got five categories. Foolproof. They are gratuitous boomerism. Boomerism. Excessive misogyny. Misogyny. Wanton whiteness. Whitey. Malignant machismo. Macho. And culture vultures. Vultures. Rico, we've got some Clutch here. We're back in the, uh, this is the 2000s, right? But Clutch, kind of a 90s We're band, right? We're in overdrive, baby. Ooh, nice. Like that? Are Clutch a 90s band, would you say? Uh, Well, let's see. This is their, what, fourth album released in 2004. So I would say they're a late 90s Late 90s. Band. Late 90s. I remember right? hearing them in... Paninis and like maybe it, maybe it wasn't the night. When did Space Grass come out? That was like on their. Don't look it up. But that was a song off. I think their first record. <laughs> yeah. And it was like it was kind of a minor hit for them. Yeah. And I think it was like my first introduction to Clutch. You know. So what? But my first introduction to Clutch was at your eldest daughter's birthday on Sanford. Oh yeah. And you and 
uh, we were talking some clutch. You guys were talking clutch, yeah. and I'm like, wow, who's clutch? I didn't even know who they were, and that was my introduction to clutch. You're like, I got to go listen to some go. clutch. You guys were really enthusiastic about it. I'm like, I think I'm going to check them out. We were talking about Blast Tyrant, and you were like, oh, they're talking about my ass. Let me go... <laughs> Let me go nose in on this conversation. Then it comes- I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know who that other guy is, and he knows about that. How does he know about my ass like that? Yeah, we went to a, a Cleveland Guardians game the other day, and your ass was exceptionally blast tyrant ish. Thank you. Yeah, so I, I don't know very if you, hard at that. If you had like some it's a lot uh, of practice, did you have like a glass of milk or something that upset you. Lots of fiber, dude. Fiber makes me fart. That well. Well, you know what? Fiber is something that boomers need, which brings us to category one, gratuitous boomerism. Rico, how do you score profits of doom? I'm going to give this one um, I'm going to give it a one. A one. Interesting. How so, sir? Hold on a second. Do I really want to give it a one? I don't know. You're struggling with it. This so it one tells I'm, me your heart's not in it. Uh, no, I'm struggling with this one. I thought I had a grip on it. Um, so this is a song about calling out the drug dealers of religion. And no, that is and no, that's a zero because boomers would not want you to do that. That's a really an anti-boomer thing. So no, I take that back. I just, I just, I had a, I had a brain fart there for a second. I zapped out, but no, I give it a big fat zero. This kind of a song about this kind of a topic is totally not boomer. So I give it a fat zero. And this is uh, Neil Fallon um, and the guys in clutch. And Neil Fallon is uh, born in '71, so he's a 50-year-old chap. So I think that puts him. He's yeah. firmly ensconced in Generation X. And to me, just like me and you, this is a Gen X. It's a Gen X or something. Yeah. And, and it's and to your point, it's not like a boomer topic, I don't think. Anti boomer topic. I interpret this song as being kind of like pointing out hypocrisies of religion, you know? Correct. Like, and, like, and if profiteering uh, within religion. Correct. Right? If, like, if, like, uh, to quote my friend, Mr. Marx, like if religion is the opiate of the people, he's calling out the dealers of that drug, you see. Very nice. Yes, I'm going to score gratuitous boomerism a zero yeah, for the I apologize for zapping out there for a second. So, but you had a brain fart. I One might say fart. you had a senior moment. I did. Which as aging Gen Xers are going to become more and more frequent. You know, by the time we Still get to like. Still doesn't make me a boomer though. It doesn't. But by the time we get to like episode 228 of the Rock and Roll Autopsy we podcast, can you citizens. imagine how many brain farts we'll have per episode? There'll be more of these coming. Oh, for buckle sure. up, folks. You're going to hear more brain farts and stuttering. For sure. Category two, excessive misogyny. Rico, how do you score profits of doom for excessive misogyny? Absolutely zero misogyny in this song. It gets a big fat zero. That's not that type of a song. It's not about that type of a topic. It's a big fat zero. Yep, I'm going to agree. It's a big fat zero for excessive misogyny. Category three, an interesting category for this song. I'm curious where you will find it. Wanton whiteness. All right, so typically, see how I want to say this, thought about that. I knew, I knew this was going to be your favorite category of this one. I knew it. As soon as I started really digging into the lyrics, I knew that this is where you were going with this. Um, it's not going to be a one for me 
because I want to give it a one from a certain sense that um, typically it's a very white thing to do to call out your religious leaders in that way, in my opinion, in my opinion. However, there's one line in the song that changes my mind and that's the line never trust a white man driving a black truck who's saving up all his voodoo for you yeah so that and the fact that listen man their songs are all super bluesy and bluesy is as bluesy as they are is not very white they're kind of soulful they're very soulful and so i Part of me wants to give them a one. I might give them a point five on this, but it's it's not as white as you might think. There's some. I real... can't give them a full one on this. Well, I would think, and don't take this the wrong way, but I would think that if the lyrics were, the lyrics have are very poetic, and the wordplay is great in this. The wordplay is it. terrific. Love it. And if they were more. And he is, Neil Fallon is like, he's an English, he's one of the, um, he's one of the few rock stars that is college educated. He's yeah. got, I think, a, he's, he's an English major or something. He's got a bachelor's, a BA or something, yeah. in English literature or something. So you can tell in the writing, it's very, it's very well written. Um, it's, it's poetic in a sense. Agree. And I would think that it would, I would probably score it higher if it was more, if it felt more like he just cracked open a thesaurus and was like, trying to be literary and intelligent but it came off kind of clunky and forced then i would probably say okay that doesn't f-. but it's the fact that it's so agree natural listen to the first line i love it born with a mustache in a supernova tossed off the cliffs of dover I, it's it's great and i think you're painting the picture of like a villain you think of the mustache the mustache and the villain, villain. and then right. the second part of that go ahead washed up on a faraway shore in the arms, arms of, of a, the daughter of, of a the buffalo. buffalo fantastic imagery right there and is that coming to america is yeah. that what that is yeah. po- what that is saying poetically because yes. that's how i interpret yes. it right that's and the, the, the pure, daughters the, of the the pure the protestant puritans the john bunyan group right. came over from from uh, Europe over to America to practice their form of their religion. Right. And here's where I don't want to, I love Iron Maiden, but if Iron Maiden were telling the story, it would sound like they were doing a book report, right? <laughs> right. Which would score, right, okay, now plus one. It would sound whiteness, super right? steeped. Right. And it's not. Whereas he's just painting pictures, you yeah. know? No, and, I love his word usage. And amazing. this is one of the things that's the best about Clutch are yeah. his lyrics. Mm. And these are terrific lyrics. And he's painting Agreed. pictures. And if Iron Maiden, and I love Iron Maiden, but if Steve Harris or Bruce Dickinson were writing this, it would sound, it would read like a book report. Yeah. Like they, <laughs> that's and, true. You know, so it would lack that imagination. Yeah. You know? There's so, just something a little more... Gosh, do we want to say accessible about the way he puts his words together? Then it's not so huge and epic like an Iron Maiden song where you feel like you need to have your foot on a rock on the top of a mountain, like that kind of a thing. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel like that. It feels, or even just like when I feels listen. feels a little earthy, a little earthier. When I listen to Maiden, to it often sounds like I feel bad for Bruce because <laughs> it feels like there's 
he just has to get so many words in I, stands I know. Because really, obviously the person writing them doesn't have to sing them. Right. You know? And I feel that with Getty Lee a lot of times. And I love Rush, but sometimes I've, and, and Neil writes brilliant lyrics, but sometimes I feel like, holy hell, do they think about the singer? And it sounds like Getty right. is just trying to get them in. <laughs> I, you know? Know. I know. And this doesn't happen in this song, which is why it's also soulful, because it's really, it's got only enough words that are necessary to paint the picture and tell the story. So sometimes real poetry, you know? Sometimes less is more, yep. right? And I think it, that is a very, very works very well here. I'm scoring that a zero for once. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I can't do a full one. But I f- feel like I have to give them something. So I got to go point five. Give them a point five. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Category four, malignant machismo. Rico, Dude, it's clutch, man. Super macho, but not in a bad way, Boy, though. it does have that, doesn't it? It's, and- but but it's just like that Dude, uh, Fallon sounds like Rob Zombie a little bit when he sings. And it's it's bluesy metal from a guy that sounds like Rob Zombie. With it's, a giant beard. Yeah, dude. I mean, it has masculinity to it, doesn't but it? what makes these guys different than, like, you know, the Hetfield stance is I'm okay with their version of this because it's wrapped up in, in the blues and his message is super good and it's well-written and well-delivered. And so this version of Macho, I'm totally good with. Yeah, I love that. I love what you've said there. I think you nailed it on the head. It's it's interesting because they do macho, but keep it smart. Yes. So it's never like they keep it smart. They keep it vulnerable. They keep it wise. There's like a wisdom to clutch, right? Yeah, right. And and they're stoner rock, which is kind of funny, but it's like, it's like it, a wisdom to what they do. Like I think of maybe Queens of the Stone Age as being more stoner rock than that. Right. But right, I would put clutch in that category. Oh, though, agree. Yeah, no, I agree. But but there, but usually when you think of macho, you also think of dopey, right? Or right. just like um, like block blockheadedness, yes, or a reckless blockheadedness, right? Or just really, like just pure testosterone, yeah. You're just swinging any, dicks with that without any neural connections at all, <laughs> right? But this is macho with like a wisdom about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's interesting, but it's certainly I love the fact that you when I, when I said you know malignant machismo, you were like, oh yeah, you know, and I was like, because you can hear it, you know. Yeah. I mean. Just because it's smart and we don't have to like shy away from the the macho classification because it's evident when you hear it. This guy's got a super deep voice. It's okay to it's be a macho. Burly dude. Macho know? doesn't have to be bad if it's if it's you know, well thought out and delivered in the right way. It could be right. a good thing. And he also comes off as a guy who's read a few books. You know, that's, so it's like that that is clear. Yep. That is very clear. So I give him a one. But I feel I, I want to give them a zero because it's not a bad macho. It's a good macho. Right. But I feel like I still need to give them a one here, even though I don't really mean it. Does I, that make I, sense? I, I agree totally, and that's why I'm scoring them a one as well. I yeah. feel like you can't go anywhere but a one. But I would hate the idea of this throwing them into a killed rock and roll uh, category I, because it's just not coming from that place. Precisely. All right, category five, culture vulturism. Rico, how do you score Prophets of Doom? Um, I mean, I, I haven't heard another band that has the bluesy the bluesy metal combo like these guys do. I think it's a swinging balls sound. It is, it? man. I mean, it is they're, a ballsy, sound, beefy sound. Their sound is totally unique and fresh, and I love it. 
and this is a big fat zero to me. Um, yeah, they've they've got blues, a lot of blues in their song, but everybody's influenced by the blues, and they're not appropriating it. They're just they're adding, they're combining the blues and metal in a way that makes it super fucking cool. Yeah, and also it. kind of accessible too. It's, it's kind very of very accessible. It's interesting to me that Clutch hasn't like cracked into they've had a few like i mentioned super grass they had a few flirtations with like radio airplay and kind of like cracking into i think for them like them and like like again queens of the stone age i think those two bands just were victims of poor timing yeah i think queens has, has had more commercial success they have but clutch is like just a working man's band I know th- they're just road dogs. I think they're super highly underrated. I don't know why they. Get, oh my god, gotten, dude! They've got like twelve records I know. out in like a career that's been relatively. I mean, it's been around like twenty some years now, but I mean, yeah. but still, they've their output is incredibly prolific. They should have. They should have more publicity for as good as they are than they do. I don't hear any culture vulturism nah. here. I hear influence. I yep. hear sometimes other you know, bands creeping in from influence, but I don't hear any vulturism. Um, I, again, I think what offsets it is just the consistent intelligence of the lyrics across all their albums, even though we're just doing this one song mm-hmm. right now. I got to read another line as I love it. Do it. Okay? Do it. A caliph rabbi and bishop walk into a bar. One says to the other, hey, now, brother, we haven't gotten very far. I love that because it sums up in like two lines. It sums up all of like the existence of religion within humanity. Right. They always joke about, you know, well, um, you know, all the wars in the world are, you know, somehow based in religious religious strife or Or, or they're turned into religious strife. Right. And it's like, you know, so it's just interesting how in that one line, just a very simple line framed as like a joke trope right you know a priest or rabbi and something walking right the bar. so using that trope and like saying something kind of so profound i think it's it's great you know? oh i love it oh and did you know one thing that i learned digging into these lyrics the line about gideon in the hotel room yeah do you want to know what that mean where, where that comes from well i would imagine i mean i i think he's mentioning um the books of the Bible here of the Old Testament, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. So he's just missing, like, what is it? Deuteronomy? How do you but, say but, it? Yes. Deuteronomy? Is that the, how do you it's, pronounce, uh, Help me out. How do you pronounce De- it? Deuteronomy. Thank you. And then Gideon is the Gideon Bibles you get in your hotel room, exactly. right? Exactly. That's the company that makes the Bibles that go in your hotel room. Right. And I didn't know that. I thought that was pretty cool. And so I think it's like... It's a double, double entendre. Right. But I, I And I take it to read as... You know, he's mentioning, you know, Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus and Numbers. Gideon is knocking in your hotel while you slumber. I think it's the idea of like religion being pervasive in society. Those are all books of the Old Testament. Right. Ironically enough. And it's the idea of like religion creeping in and getting a stronger and stronger foothold in you know, maybe society, our maybe our friend uh, like maybe our friend libel the Bible out there might have a, a thought or two on this one. <laughs> he just might, probably <laughs> a clutch fan. But I just take it to mean it's like while you're sleeping. I mean, while you're sleeping, religion is 
creeping further and further into your life and wanting to it's dictate cre- it's wanting creeping, to dictate more and more how you that's live. That's right. And it's know? creeping into your brain while you're sleeping right. like 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 an evil. Yeah, right? and like that Gideon Bible in the nightstand next to your head yeah, while you're in the hotel. That's right. It's, you're not gonna, it's so great, great. Lyrics. It's phenomenal. All the lyrics and the entire it's they're great. Well well done. Well, I'm well scoring done. it a zero for culture yep, me vulturism. Too. Me too. So Rico, you ready to do some math and wrap up our autopsy on clutches profits of doom right. from the album blast, blast tyrant, tyrant aka rico's rear end that's precisely what that means um yeah so let's let me do this score so i've got a point and a half and i've got a one so what so is one, a point and a half plus one, one plus a point and a half hmm. hey that's look only at that. two and a half points so they it works. Obviously, the science once again works. And can I tell you about? I just I've had a, my a bizarre relationship with Clutch. Yeah. Um, as much as I love them, I, I don't really you if you if if you well this song now, but if you played a Clutch song and said what's the name of that song, I wouldn't know. My relationship with Clutch is kind of weird because what I like for since since that birthday party, which was. You know, almost ten years ago. Long now. time ago. Yep. I just take clutch. I put their entire library on um, shuffle play, and I just let it rip. Yeah. I don't know any of their songs. I I just know what they sound like. I know that I love listening to them, and I'm totally okay with that. So I really love clutch. I'm glad that we did this song because I really like them. Well, I'll tell you. I mean, it, to me, um, they're a band that's prolific and has a very large catalog of studio records that's really really hard for me to wrap my brain around because there's a lot of music to consume yeah i'm kind of right there with you yeah you know i i have uh, blast tyrant i have strange cousins from the west i have earth rockers so i have a few other records that i spin but they put out like 12 or 13 records basically since like 2001 which is a lot in 20 years you know so i mean they've they're prolific and it's a lot of music to digest because i haven't been on board with them since day one yeah so it's like it's a large back catalog to go back and get familiar with but so when i first heard about them so i'm kind of in the same boat i grabbed a bunch of clutch and i'm like well where the fuck do i start right so i'm like there's too much i can't comprehend it right so then i just did them all in shuffle play yeah and that's where i've been with them for 10 years just shuffle play the whole thing and it's they're great, man. I think consensus is though is that Blast Tyrant is one of their best records. So it's, it's great. probably like if you wanted to find like an entry point, yeah. it's probably it's probably a good and, and agree. This album is really great. I yeah. would like to go see them live if they come around. Ooh, they're one of those cool. bands that I think that like as middle aged dudes you can kind of rock out to and not feel embarrassed yeah. by. <laughs> they're they're like an age appropriate rock band if that makes sense. For sure. Can I tell you what I thought about more than once listening to this song? I would love to hear an unplugged version of this song. Ooh. I think that with like an a that big, would like a big acoustic bass. Yeah, that would a work. Big thumpy acoustic bass, and and I think I would really like to know what that sounded like. That would be rad. Yeah, man, I oh. like it. I would like to hear an acoustic version of your blast tyrant rear end firing <laughs> off, firing well, off some green missiles. About thirty <laughs> seconds after we're done recording here, I'll I'll give you a sample. Well, then we don't have any time to waste. Thank you for tuning in to Rock and Roll Autopsy. Good night now.
Let me have that special rock and roll music. Yeah! Let me tell you, so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Get it out of your house, throw it out, and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous. Hey guys, it was like a mystique. There's no mystique anymore. Oh, To the door, love it till the morning. I'm gone. I'm gone. Follow us on Twitter at RNR Autopsy, or you can send an email to rock and roll autopsy at gmail.com. And if we run across anything good, we'll mention it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Later. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs>